Hey, this is Dan Wonderlich from Defining Grace, and welcome to Art of the Sermon, a show for preachers, teachers, and communicators. My guest today is Brad Montague. He's an artist who makes videos for YouTube. He and his wife run the Montague Workshop, but he's probably best known for his collaboration with his young brother-in-law, Robbie, on the Kid President video series. Brad is here today to share with us his thoughts on creativity, joy, and how to answer the question, what is your space jam? Well, my guest today is Brad Montague. He is an artist. His medium tends to be video, although he does all kinds of cool art. He and his wife run the Montague Workshop, but you probably know him for the work that he did with his brother-in-law, Robbie, on the Kid President video series. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, it's fun. This is fun. So when uh, people ask you what you do, they are probably already aware of Kid President, but how do you describe yourself? How do you introduce yourself in the work that you do? Oh man, that's like uh, the such a not fun question to answer <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Any party? What do you do? What do you What do you do? And and um, I I share this often because it was so transformative. I was at an an event, and that question always stresses me out because I make silly videos on YouTube, right? Yeah, like that's like what yeah. do you say? And. I was at a dinner and they sat me beside Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor <laughs> and and her name tag was right there. And I'm like, oh, um, I know what she does. Yeah, <laughs> like I was already stressed about. And she instead, she asked me, what do you love about what you do? She's like, so, Brad, what do you love about what you do? And I was like, oh, I, I, I can answer that. And it actually. Um, uh helped me better understand what I do. Cause it's like, I don't just make silly videos for YouTube. I, I love connecting with kids and former kids. I love yeah. helping shape the way kids see the world and the way the world sees kids. And, uh, all of my work from before kid president to everything we did with kid president and all we're doing now is all about that celebrating childhood and the child in all of us. And so that's, that's what I love to do. That's really great. I, I, yeah, I know a theme that pops up in your work all the time is empowering kids and, and, and respecting them enough to actually listen to what they have to say. Where did this uh, come about? And how did, how did that develop in your life? How did that become a priority for you? I think a lot of what any of us do is we're um, reflecting something that, that somebody did for us and, and, um, it was very clear to me from my fourth grade teacher that that she, for some reason, even though it didn't make sense, she thought I had great ideas. <laughs> she like she I would finish my tests early just to doodle on the back. And instead of getting on to me, she celebrated that and told me to keep doodling. And um, the same deal. There were these uh older members of the church I grew up at that would uh, show up. They'd just show up if yeah. I was playing a basketball game. Or I didn't, how did they, why? I never, <laughs> I was scratching my head. But it, it let me know that I mattered. And mm. and it's it sticks with you. There's There's a lot of bad that sticks with us. But that good stuff, man, the listening... The people who were there, that, 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 that's powerful. So we have a sign in our workshop here. My wife and I have a creative workshop and 
in the sign. It's, it's be who you needed when you were younger. Mm. And that's what really has guided everything we write, everything we do. It's, it's just attempting to be who those people were uh, that we needed. That's so awesome. I, of course, had people that poured into my life too when I was little. Uh, and even now, as I was setting up and I was thinking about these themes that show up in your video, all this equipment that you see, we're on Skype so we can see each other. All this equipment you can see was purchased with savings bonds that my parents and my aunts and uncles bought all those months when I was an infant. You know, Now I'm in my early 30s, so oh. they're all coming mature. And so in a way, they not only invested in my creativity, you know, letting me paint and draw, but they, they actually put some money down and I'm sure they're glad I didn't spend it on some crazy vacation, but instead I'm using it to, to do creative stuff now. So, uh, that's perfect. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. We, we're so much more connected than, than we, they realize we, we recently launched a project called because you were, mm. and the idea was to have, have people fill in the blanks of I am blank because you were blank. And, um, I thought that we would get a few responses, but instead we got a flood of emotional responses of people sharing privately and publicly stories of people who who made them who they are and um, and letting them know that. And there's just something I I think even the people who had that impact, who did that, those things, maybe didn't realize that it was such a big deal that they showed up or they yeah. listened or that they did that. Uh, there's something really, really powerful about that. That's great. And and as we stay sort of on this general level, do you have any main philosophies or even mission statements for the creative work that you do? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's all about creatively communicating hope. Like it's, it's, uh, hope is something that, that is, is so desperately needed. And I've not, I just took for granted that, that you could share a message or share something that's encouraging without realizing the power that that has when it lands across somebody's laptop, when it lands across their ears or however it finds their way to them. Um, I'm only just now beginning to realize the power that that encouragement has. And I, I have been wired to, to do that, to um, encourage because I've needed encouragement. Mm, so like, yeah. I un understand that. But only when we started posting these videos, is my little brother-in-law is a, pretending to be a little president yeah, and, and beginning to see the response and the response was not just, Oh, that's cute. Which sometimes it was, but other times it was, this is exactly what I needed. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> like, yeah. or, this is, this is everything I, I uh, wanted. I'm calling my mom right now. We haven't spoken in five years. I'm like, Whoa, I, I, I had no part in that. There's something much bigger going on. So, so as we started to see that, and I, I've been feeling that, you know, I think I'm wired to encourage. I think that's what I'm supposed to do. That's how I was made. But I didn't think that it actually meant something. I thought it was um, a weak superpower. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I think a lot about Captain Planet. And if you remember that cartoon show. Oh, yeah, show. that was my brother's favorite show growing up. 
Yeah, so they they all had these amazing powers. It's like earth, wind, fire, water, and then it was all these really cool things. And there was this little guy with a monkey, and he'd go heart, <laughs> and we always would laugh. We're like heart, ha ha ha! Like he got the worst superpower. But I'm I'm learning that heart is a legit superpower. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. Um something we're all so hungry for. And so like I made this video that, that was super hard on the sleeve. It was a pep talk and, um, it connected in a way that I could have never dreamed. And I had made other things. I had made other things I was proud of, but I had never put that much heart into something. Mm -hmm. And, um, it it helped it helped send me on a path of realizing that maybe there's a lot of people out there hungry for a little bit of light, a little bit of love, uh, a whole lot of hope. Yeah. Well, and that that's a brings up this idea. You know, you look at pop culture and and all the superhero movies now are dark and gritty, and, and everything's got to be really realistic. And all the best TV shows are about all these kingdoms that are cutting off each other's heads and, and, you know, reflections of the horror of the world. And then here comes Robbie in a suit, uh, you know, <laughs> talking about Michael Jordan and space jam. Um, and it just, it just lights up people's lives yet at the same time, the stereotype of the church is that we can be really Pollyanna ish and we have our head in the sand that you have this amazing ability in your work to reflect that life is real and that there are real challenges and that not everything is going to be easy where did it, for you does the hope and joy come from? Well, so it's one thing to be blindly naive, um, to just have this, this, there's a reason why that the phrase big stupid grin yeah. is, is used, um, because there's that blind kind of optimism that, that can exist and you see it in Hallmark cards or you see it in just like, Oh, everything's fine. And, and I don't think that, that, our joy as believers, as, as people that are fueled by something so powerful as God's love, I, I think that joy is something that we have taken and said it's not, um, it's not something that we should show or celebrate. Mm. It's just, it's just a thing that is empty and we put it in the same category as a Hallmark card. Yeah. When, when real joy, if it's rooted in a vision of how bright things could be and yeah, there's a mess right now, but we're a work in progress that there's something bigger, there's something more. It's, it's a swelling feeling. It is a swelling, uh, uh, thing that, um, you might limp a little bit, but you're going to dance. And, and it's, and a lot of that has come from my own path. But then, you know, Robbie, who is my brother-in-law, place kid president, he, um, he has a bone condition. And so he's had over 70 broken bones in his life and he's mm. just a kid. Yeah. And, uh, to see him have a full neck thing and, full body cast on and still be excited to try the hospital hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it does something. 
to you to to not complain about the headache or to say I just can't even uh, it, it it allows you to find a reason to dance and and so I've been very careful to never say everything in the world is fine everything's great just smile there have been people who've tried to write for kid president like send yeah. us things yeah. And they'll write things like, hey, just do whatever you want. Have, yeah. you know, <laughs> smile. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's yeah. the, I've tried so hard to be as honest and true in everything that's said in that character's mouth. And, and sometimes there's improvisation and it's playful, but I, I wanted so badly to simply communicate heavy things. And so I can't say, Everything is awesome, but I can say your response can be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's been key to 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 inviting people into joy. Yeah, one of the phrases that that gets used a good bit in your work is "treat everybody like it's their birthday." And and what yeah, I love that is that came from my grandmother. <laughs> what I love is that maybe one of the ways that that you instill everything with joy is 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 you're always talking to us about how we can respond to what's going on in life. You, you, you never make these overarching statements about the way the world is, but instead it's the way that we can respond to it. And, and even just, um, we're recording this on Ash Wednesday. I think just last week you put out a video, I think following the unexpected death of a family member, I think. And um, it was a video where, you know, instead of taking the week off, or instead of doing something really dark, you wrote a poem and illustrated a, a, a book and shot a video about a balloon that suddenly realizes someday it'll pop, but that's not an excuse not to live and fly today. And I gave away the whole video, don't worry, we'll link to it in the show notes. But <laughs> was that, was that, have you conditioned yourself or has that always been your initial response or is, or do you sometimes have to work through your own um, frustrations or, or initial reactions to then come to a place where joy is the response? I have found that it is, it is, it is a process. And for me, making things, writing and communicating, all of that comes from my own struggle. So like the balloon video I shared because I thought it might be helpful because it was helpful to me. Like mm. it was my way of, of processing the pain, processing my own anxiety and depression and, and transforming it into awe and gratitude. And, um, I want to say that that's always my response, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want, I, I think it's it's what I want. It's what I want to, to be, and I, I, and so, in wanting to point people towards joy and love, um, I'm having to point myself that direction too, and um, and so, I don't know, like you know, treat everybody like it's their birthday. That actually came from my grandmother, and and that was her way of teaching us this golden rule of like how yeah. we look at other people and to celebrate other people. And and that was key in, in helping me get outside of myself and, and love people around me instead of just focusing on, on my, my own 
stuff, um, but celebrating people around me. And so um, it works the same way when you're dealing with pain or processing something heavy. You can celebrate the fact that you're not alone in that. And, um, and so that's that's been uh, helpful in, in making and writing and well, and, and I would love your perspective as someone who has done so much work with kids, someone that's listened so much to kids, um, how do you understand and hear Jesus teaching to have faith like a child? What does faith like a child mean to you? Yeah, well, like, I, I think um, I, I love when you see that children are naturally drawn to Jesus Um it's like they know. I, I've said that I want my tombstone to say dogs and kids loved him. Like that's what, <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to like live in a way where that could they because if if I saw somebody's tombstone and it just said dogs and kids loved him, then I'd be like, oh, that must have been a great dude. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, must have really had his stuff together. But I think it's interesting that children were drawn to him and were climbing on him and wanting to be near him, to be around love to to experience that and to because the way that god sees us is the way we really are and the way we could be and i look in the mirror and i see my messed up nose and <laughs> instead he looks at me and he knows he made that nose and he loves it and I've been doing these Skype conversations with children. So I've been Skyping with third, fourth, and fifth graders. And, um, and I ask them about what they care about, what they think is funny, what they think is sad, what they're afraid of, um, and how can I be a better grown-up is always the the big question. Mm. And um, and I'm I'm really constantly inspired by the way that children, no matter how heavy they're life may be like they many of these kids are dealing with things no person should have to to deal with yeah and yet there's still this brightness there's still this really electric hope about understanding who they are and their place in the world and they're they are just so excited that there's somebody that's letting them speak so yeah, they, yeah. they will share but they they're very honest and and clear and and I think that um their their default zone is joy like their default place is is being playful and yeah so I t- I talk a lot about kids living in pursuit they live in pursuit of wisdom wonder and whimsy like mm-hmm. that's the three things that they're like just constantly looking for and so that's what I've been trying to make sure that I have, I have in my work because I, if it's rooted in some wisdom, if it actually inspires wonder, then I've done a great job. But one thing I, I think we can do sometimes is, is weight it all down and it be so serious that there's this whimsy that's necessary. So, uh, Staying light when dealing with the heavy is is a childlike way of of playing and and finding that joy even when it's heavy. And so, I I think there's a lot of reasons Jesus talks about kids, and um, but one of the biggest is he's just reminding us what we already are, yeah, and that we're his kids, and that there's a table and 
it's a kid's table. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I would let you, the, the great feast at, you know, the banquet in heaven is just one big kid's table. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, that this idea of uh, wonder and whimsy, in addition to wisdom, leads me well. I, I know that uh, the Kid President video series will be wrapping up here shortly, if it hasn't already. And so, uh, I am trying to push my listeners to check out some of your your new videos through the Montague Workshop because they're just as wonderful. And there's one that you you did recently where you had children create art about hope, and you could have just sat in your workshop and showed us picture after picture. Here's what kids think hope are, but instead you pack them in in suitcases, stuck them up your pant legs, put them in backpacks, and smuggled them into the Guggenheim. Uh, and I won't spoil the, the video or, or however you want to present the story, but um, how do you, like maybe with that video, what's your process from idea generation to not getting arrested at the Guggenheim to getting it on YouTube? <laughs> well, that was super fun because, well, uh, I have been very careful about I have two kids, two little kids, and I love being at home with them. And so I don't want to take on every speaking engagement. But if it's really weird, then I'll perk my <laughs> ears up and like, this sounds fun. And the Guggenheim reached out and they said, we have this event. We'd like for you to speak. And I was like, yes, yes. And so my first thought was to smuggle art out of the museum because that's <laughs> like that's that's like in every movie, you know, the yeah. art heist yeah. and they, they take something out. And then, you know, uh, began to realize we're constantly trying to amplify kids' voices and have people listen to children. It'd be pretty cool to smuggle a bunch of kids' art into the museum. Yeah. And and it's like a big honor to say to a kid, I'm going to hang your artwork up at my wall or on the refrigerator. How much cooler for all of these kids to be able to say forever. Yeah. Oh, my work, my work's been shown at the Google. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so that, that was the initial idea was that it, it could be funny and, and it would just be this fun little thing we would do. But it, it we got really emotional because the, the kids took it very serious in this really lovely direction. And they, they all had such diverse ideas about what hope was, but yet there was this thread throughout and, uh, and to see it all laid out, like to actually be holding their artwork up at the Guggenheim and see people come by and have this just, uh, heartfelt, tearful response. Uh, one guy said, I used to do stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish I still did. And, um, that was really powerful. And then, uh, to be able to send pictures to all the kids and say, Hey, here's your painting up at the Guggenheim was just, just a thrill, just a total thrill. That's awesome. Well, to, to, to jump back on to something I meant to ask, what was some of the advice that kids have been giving you for how to be a better grown up? Yeah. Well, like it's interesting because some kids, uh, will tell me to be like, um, their uncle or be like their dad who does something or, you know, you should, um, play in the floor. You should do this. Uh, and some of them tell me to not be like people. So they're like, mm. make sure you, like, so they're very like show up when they, when you say you will and, um, don't break your promises. Mm. And, um, so it's very revealing about who's kind of around them right now. And they're already, like kind of thinking about, I'm not going to be that way when I'm a grown up. Yeah. Um, but then some of them were like, 
tell me um, to wear different clothes. This <laughs> 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 would be on Skype, and they're like, "Yeah, you that, we should wear a different shirt." And I'm like, "Okay, I will. Thank you." <laughs> but uh, it's it's actually been really neat, and I've I've even I've begun asking that question to um, uh, former kids, yeah, to grownups, yeah. and and getting an an interesting spread of, of responses. So I've, I've spoken to uh, different people from best-selling authors to astronauts to um, so many different people. And, and, and some are like when one fellow's in his nineties um, and it's been this flood of wisdom uh, that, that I'm, I'm on the receiving end of from both young and old. And so, uh, um, I'm trying to find the best way to share all this because I, I'm, it's really helping change the way I, I'm a dad and the way I write and the way I, um, do everything. That's awesome. That's great. I, my favorite thing that you have done, I will always be in love with the original pep talk, but recently you did a video called a pep talk about a pep talk. And that one brought me to tears because I am, um, much less famous than you, but like you, I'm, I'm a, I'm a creative person. I make stuff that I want people to listen to, that I want people to see, that I want to have an impact in the world. And it often leads us to judge ourselves by the success or failure of our projects. And, and you isolate that, that famous line, what will be your space jam? It's so inspirational, uh, especially back in 2012 when it, when it came out. Um, but then it was a question that started to haunt you, but then you were able to sort of recast it in your life. And a, a, a large portion of our listener base are pastors. And I know from my experience and from my friends and colleagues and family members who are pastors that we can so deeply tie our self-worth to the success of a sermon or a sermon series or a ministry event or even to an entire church. And we judge whether we are, are, are living out our calling based on whether our congregation is as healthy or as fruitful as we want it to be. And so I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could talk a little bit about that experience in that video. And again, we'll link to it in our show notes. But what, what did you learn through deconstructing the question, what is your space jam? Yeah, I mean, we had this runaway train of a video go viral. And I had had success before then, but this was a whole other ball game of uh, so many responses. So I mean, it was it was everywhere. It was everywhere, and it was a whole lot to process. And it still even is. Like I'm still here four years later, or however long, just tr- trying to understand yeah. why that connected in the way it did. And and one of the big things it was supposed to be inspirational, and and it is. It was about you know what will be your space jam, what will be the thing you make that will make the world more awesome. And then I really began to wrestle with that. Oh no, like I I did that, <laughs> yeah. and so it's it's the downward slope from here. And I I know now that that's silly, but those feelings are very real, and I had them even before then. Like. Uh, I had done youth work for seven years where I, you know, and you have these seasons of great success and then you have an entire group graduate and then you're starting all over. Um, we had started a a camp and, and it was for, uh, uh, kids who want to change the world to junior high and high school students. 
And, um, and because of so many external factors that ran for five years and it was just one of the things I'm most proudest of. And we had to walk away from it. And I thought, Oh, well, that's, that's it. I'm over. I did the thing I was here to do. And and I guess God's done with me. And kid president then took off and the pep talk goes viral. And then I'm like still doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's not getting the same amount of views or or the amount of applause. And I'm like, Oh, well, I guess that's it. I'm done. I can go die now. (laughs) And that's a silly thing, but it's a, I was relieved to find I'm so not alone in that of people, everyone from everyone from, uh, kids to, to teachers, to dads, to uncles, all these different people will reach out and share that they sort of thought that their story was over. And, um, and the big thing I've come to grips with is that my life is the work of art, Mm. not the art. Yeah. And that, um, there's different chapters in a story. And um, I'm encouraged when I when I look, you know, you know, I think there are a lot of people in minister roles that will hear this. Um, And one of the things that we see, we see lots of cautionary tales in scripture where there's somebody who truly is done for. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, we see lots of people who thought. They were done, and and that's just when God's getting started. Mm. And there's there's actually a line in the pep talk that I regret most, and 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 it's 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 encouraging. But there's a line where he just says, "Keep going, keep going, keep going." And I I think there's a time for that, but I needed at that time in my life to stop. Mm, yeah stop stop um because so much of what i was doing was was motivated out of love and and had good roots in it but i was hungry for more love i thought that this would get me more 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 when really god just wants us and to pause and have no videos come out, no content come out, like nothing's going out on social media. And then to really feel the hug, really feel the knowledge that the things I make are not me. Um, my heart is, is what God's after. And um, that, that was a huge shift for me. And that came from my family and people that love me and seeing that this had just highlighted a pain that was already there. Yeah. That uh, it, this had just brought to surface something that I've been working on from back before junior high school of trying so desperately to be loved. And, and so it, it allowed me the realization that I am loved fully, completely without doing anything 
it now allows me to make things not to say, love me, love me, love me, but to say, here, I made this out of love as a gift for you um, to point you towards more love. Um, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Man, that's so great. That's so great. Well, we have a set of questions that we like to ask all of our guests. And the first one is uh, either or or both. What's been one of the biggest challenges or one of your favorite creative experiences? Um, okay, so I think one of our biggest challenges, we, um, we had this successful community we had built online. And then the natural thing was to go bigger, to do TV. And, um, and I thought this makes a lot of sense. Um, and I learned something in that process because it was, it was, um, we worked with some incredible people who were really talented, but it went from being just me and Robbie to 18 to 25 people who all like, they even created a font trying to look like my handwriting. <laughs> yeah. They recreated Robbie's bedroom to like, it was this whole weird heightened thing. Um, when we already had it all, it was just my handwriting, just our house, like all that stuff. And we added all these unnecessary things and it made it more complicated. And the whole mission was to simply creatively communicate hope. And here we had complicated it. And, um, and so that was a huge challenge to go through that and then to discover that actually TV is not as much fun. There's way more people and you, you don't get to interact with your audience. And, um, and so that is one example of something that we had to go through to learn straying too far from the root of what makes something work is um is a path that leads only to struggle sure and not the good kind yeah uh, and i can't even imagine the number of probably endorsement deals and kind of things that came your way that you really maybe had to protect robbie from to protect the mission of kid president yeah so many saw it as like most things it's just like oh he's a child actor let's put him in this like no he's not a child actor he's a human boy (laughs) he's in my family this is me trying to teach him things that i want him to grow up and be this like man of faith that leads and show him what that looks like and uh, but other people like no he needs to be in a red bull commercial or he needs to be in this (laughs) and it's like no that's not what we're doing yeah and um and I, I've seen other people go through similar paths if they create media or something that other people kind of come in and say, no, this is what you are. And um, I'm thankful that I had other people around us to, to uh, who loved us and said, no, 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 this is who you are. Mm. That's great. The next question is, who have been some of the most impactful communicators of any kind in your life, whether it's church folks or if it's entertainers? I know um, Fred Rogers is a huge inspiration for you. Who are some of the people that have inspired you? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, Fred Rogers is a big one for me, um, partly because he helped um, me when I was three, and he will help me till I'm 93. Uh, One of the things I love about Fred is he had this ability to minister and point people towards love in a way that everybody felt like he was speaking to them. And, um, and that, that I think 
he talked often about there's a sacred space between any two people. And sometimes that space is face to face. And sometimes it's a TV screen and a person. And now I think he would understand sometimes it's a computer screen and a person. But anytime there's a sacred space and and we're able to hear things that that maybe we need to hear that aren't necessarily being directly expressed. And, and so that has been huge in my life of understanding that I can make a video, I can make some, I can do a talk, I can do whatever, but there's a sacred space between the communication. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's been a lot of people personally, um, my camp counselor when I was a kid, uh, he, Matt Atnup, he, uh, uh, is now, uh, continues to be a guide. Um, he's someone who does the same thing with that sacred space. He's very thoughtful in his words and yet playful in, um, in how he does it. Um, and he's, he's just shown me what love looks like. You know, there's, there's also a lot of, there's, there's so many people that I've been meeting recently that, uh, like just yesterday I met, uh, Inky Johnson. He played for, uh, uh, played college football and was like 10 games from being in the NFL and had this traumatic physical injury. Mm. And, uh, he is such a bright light and I, I just was so moved. I'm not a sports guy in the least. And yet I immediately hit it off with, with him. He is, uh, he is truly a, an incredible person. That's awesome. Are there any, uh, books, podcasts, other YouTube channels, any resources you might, uh, encourage our audience to check out? So one thing I will say is, uh, Mike Foster is a guy that, uh, he's just people of the second chance and he is just a constant he, he's been encouraging me from afar for a long while. And just last year, I got to finally be in the same room with him and was even more inspired in person. But he's he's the real deal. And uh, uh, he just wants to love people like God loves them and does it in such a, uh, a lovely way. And, and so um, he's got a book that just was recently came out that I, I I, I really loved. Um, I'm also a huge fan of looking back at um, books I loved as a child and uh, yeah. finding. Um, so I'm, I'm going through Madeline Langle's work and discovering that she wrote a lot about art and faith and the way they two uh, intersect. Uh, and so I, I especially love her book, Walking on Water. And um, that that one has uh, helped me because um, in a lot of ways, churches aren't necessarily always artist-friendly places. And for those people who explore and who have questions and who are open to mystery and who, who uh, like to express themselves in ways that maybe don't always offer resolution, uh, and, and reading her helped me feel not alone, that maybe my imagination is a gift and is truly from the, a creator. And uh, uh, so Madeline Langle has been very encouraging to me, um, as has um, uh, On Being with Krista Tippett. 
Uh, I, I actually searched to see if you'd been on the show yet. I wanted to hear an interview with you. I was like, <laughs> certainly she's had Brad. <laughs> oh, man. No, the whole interview would be me like asking her to say certain words <laughs> or, or just she. Um, uh, I, I love the curiosity that you hear in her voice. And I think that true curiosity will always point you to the divine. And um, and I think she's proof of that. She can find that in any conversation. And there's another guy I mentioned, I, I've got to speak to some astronauts, but uh, there's a guy named Ron Garan who's been to space twice as uh, commander of the International Space Station. And uh, he wrote a book called Orbital Perspective. And that that is something that he's on a mission to help people zoom out and to actually look uh, uh, beyond their noses uh, to see each other, to see the world. And I think that he's, he's, he's marching in a really beautiful direction. Um, uh, it'd be really cool if we could all have an orbital perspective. Yeah. That's Ron. Ron's a fascinating guy. And our last question is if there are folks out there that want to reach out and say hi or follow the work that you're doing nowadays, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. I'm on Twitter at the Brad Montague. And uh, our website is montagueworkshop.com. Uh, because all the great people have workshops. Right. Geppetto, Geppetto had a workshop. <laughs> uh, Sesame Street was a wor- Sesame workshop. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've got a workshop. And uh, so it's uh, uh, because we're all these little works in progress. So you go to montagueworkshop.com and uh, we are creating new things that are for kids and former kids. Awesome. Well, Brad, thank you so much for your time today. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Art of the Sermon. You can find show notes, including links to some of the things that we talked about at artofthesermon.com. As always, I would love to hear what you think about the show, and I want your input to be a part of the conversation. So you can connect with me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all at username Art of the Sermon. If you'd like to support the show, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, or your favorite podcast app so that new episodes are downloaded as soon as they're live. And of course, in addition to sharing the show with your friends, the best way to help us out is to leave a review in the iTunes store. This lets iTunes know that you care about the show and want other people to find it. Thank you again so much for joining me, and I'll catch you next time on Art of the Sermon.